Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Welcome back. I hope you are having a wonderful new year, and I want to thank you for setting aside a few minutes so that I can share some things with you in hopes that you can have the best year of your entire life. Now, you might think, I've heard things like that before. Maybe I've even said that to you in years past, but that's kind of the point. If you and I are learning how to become better people, not just do a few things better or build better habits, but truly be transformed in terms of who you are now into who you have the potential to be, every year will be the best year of your life because you continue to build upon that progress and maybe even become someone in your marriage, become someone in your life that you never imagined before. But listen, that takes more than just good habits. It's overly simplistic for me to say to you, if you will just read your Bible five days a week, if you will attend Wednesday night Bible classes, or you will pray at least four times a day, then everything will be great. Now look, those are great things, and they can help you become someone better, but only if you have a clear vision of what a better you looks like. This year is about transformation, not just good habits. So in these first several episodes in January, I want to give you that vision, that foresight of what a better, more engaged, more Christ-like you would be like, and then you can fill in details like daily Bible study or prayer or time with your family as tools to help you get there. Last week, we started by talking about money. I certainly hope you were impressed by the things that Jesus said as he seeks to build disciples who do his work. And for you and me, that means time and prayer and love and, yes, the usage of our monetary goods. But again, it's not just about doing some good things, like make sure you give this much money to the poor or make sure you contribute this much on Sunday. Those are just pieces, stepping stones to help you become who God wants you to be. So in terms of money last week, God wants you to become ready to share, a sharer, you and I need to continually work to become the kind of people who are prepared to serve. We have set aside funds to serve. We've kept our schedules from getting overly packed so we can serve. We are becoming givers. We are the kind of people who read Luke 12, where Jesus said, sell your possessions and give to charity, and we don't flip out. And we don't say, well, that wasn't about us. That was about someone else. We own that Jesus wants us to become the kind of people 
who would sell our own goods, cars, or property if it meant doing the work of the Lord, of sharing with those who need it. Now, if you can envision yourself prepared to do that and engaged in it, then we can back up and say, all right, here are some boxes we can check. One of the things we can do is build a January budget to put a certain amount aside and do that even before we pay our bills. And as we make everything else fit that, it creates momentum to change. And that's what we focused on last week. So let me give you a few other aspects of growth and maturity, and we won't be talking about money at all. In fact, let me kind of broaden out the discussion a little bit and ask you this question. What would it look like for you to grow spiritually in 2021? I almost hesitate to ask that question because it's so common. It's so generic. We talk like that all the time. Like, you need to grow spiritually. You need to become a more mature Christian. But my observation in the church is most of us don't even know what that means. Does that mean read the Bible every day? Is that spiritual growth? I would say it's a tool to help it happen, but it's not transformation. Is it being more faithful to church services? Does that mean I've grown spiritually? Not necessarily. There are people who never miss a service who aren't very well developed on a spiritual scale. So here's what I want to do with you over the next several minutes. I want to lay out spiritual growth from an infant to a mature spiritual adult in five stages. There are five levels of spiritual growth. It is not crucial today that you find yourself in level five. In fact, you probably won't. What is crucial, number one, is that you identify where on the scale you are today. And you've really got to be willing to be honest with yourself, even if you don't love the titles that come along with these categories which you will hear more about in a moment. Where am I on this scale? And then what does the next level look like? That's the better you. If you're level two, level three is a better you. Then once we can envision that, we can say, hey, I think I could see myself more in that category. Now we go back and we fill in daily habits, weekly activities, but with a vision of where we're headed. To help you identify these categories, we are first going to talk about the natural stages of human growth. Five categories. An infant who becomes a toddler, who eventually is a preteen, then a teenager, and then, Lord willing, an adult. You need to find yourself on that scale today. You're probably tempted to say, Well, I'm an adult in Christ, of course. I'm not some baby who only nourishes himself on the milk of the word. I'm certain that it is a mistake in the church to teach that the difference between a babe in Christ and a mature Christian is that a babe in Christ can't name the 12 apostles and a mature Christian can quote like Leviticus or something. It's not about that. In fact, as you are about to hear, There can be someone who is a preteen in Christ 
who can quote a lot of Scripture, but there's something more to true development. Really quickly, though, I need to make a shout-out here. I have a book recommendation. I don't know how to recommend it any more strongly. If you read nothing else this year, go to Amazon, type in two words, Church Reset. The book is written by a guy named Jack Wilkie. He's a friend of mine. He doesn't live far from here. He's a younger guy, but he nails it. This idea that local churches are selling this concept that we will build a big, ornate building, we will put these plush pews in it, we will pay a guy, give him a title, and let him serve sermons to you every Sunday, and as long as you're showing up and sitting there and listening, you're doing great. He very strongly challenges that idea, as do I, not to the effect of selling the buildings or changing out the pews or firing the preacher, though I would say you should do all of that if you're not able to focus on true growth. Instead, let's do those things, but let's see ourselves well beyond them. Church Reset. Check it out. Okay, here we go. Five stages of growth in life. The infant. There are two things when it comes to growth and food that are consistent with newborn babies. Someone else must prepare the food and someone else must feed them. They are entirely dependent on someone else to prepare and provide what they need to grow. If things go well, he becomes a toddler. Now, a toddler still needs someone to prepare the meal for them. They're not good with ovens, microwaves, toasters, any of that stuff. But they begin to learn how to feed themselves. They can put the fork in the spaghetti and they can put it into their mouths and chew it up. Toddlers begin to learn self-sufficiency, and that is super crucial to their future. Now, if this toddler grows to the preteen stage, and really I mean anything between, you know, 7 and 12, he's able to feed himself, but he also becomes able, at least a little bit, to prepare meals for himself, if need be. No, he probably can't grill steaks outside over charcoal, but he can maybe pour some cereal and milk. He can use the microwave or the toaster a little bit. He can mix a few ingredients together to make something that will nourish him, and he can eat it on his own. The preteen is beginning to learn the concept of self-sufficiency. Now, Lord willing, he grows into a teenager, a teenager who graduates high school, goes off to college. It's important that a teen is able to prepare their own food or purchase it and eat it, but something really cool happens when the teen starts to get excited about what he can make and he starts to make more of it to give to others. This is really cool in our house. My daughter Hannah, who's now 19 and got married last week, which Summer and I are just now kind of getting used to, I think. But she and Brayden got good at making scones. And so they wanted to make pastries for all of us, for the whole family. And we enjoyed that very much. And then they learned to make some dinner dishes. And they got good at it. And they started to make it for us and for other people. And that's a great development. 
for a teenager to move beyond pure self-sufficiency to serving and providing for others. Because once you reach level five, an adult, and you start to have families of your own, not only must you be self-sufficient, but as an adult, you become a teacher. You become someone who prepares meals for others and who teaches them how to prepare meals and be self-sufficient. In other words, you raise a family who hopefully will follow in your steps and be able to serve others when they reach adulthood. So that's God's good plan for the natural world. Now let's look at it spiritually. Again, find yourself in this list. First of all, you have an infant, a baby in Christ. Maybe it's someone very young, Maybe it's someone much older who just now is learning about Jesus and has obeyed the gospel. Chances are someone else has to prepare the meals for them, prepare the sermons, prepare the points in the Bible classes, and slowly serve it to them and teach them how to learn it and teach them what it means in their lives. And they're just learning the basics along the way. That's what it means to be an infant. But before long, you expect them to grow into at least a toddler in Christ. A toddler in Christ still needs preachers and teachers and mentors to build the lessons, prepare and present the material to them, but they begin to learn how to feed themselves. They begin to understand what they're taking in, and they begin to make personal applications. That's a major form of growth, and it's wonderful to see. But that's not the end of their development. In fact, we're not even halfway through it yet. We hope that they develop into that pre-teen adolescent stage where they start learning how to put ingredients together for themselves. In other words, they learn how to study the Bible, how to do word searches, how to connect ideas, how to formulate biblical concepts and work out their own application They're not only eating the food that's served to them, they're often able to open the Word and learn those great things on their own. Maybe not massive, deep spiritual concepts, but something and on a regular basis. Look, I'm afraid we don't have enough of our long-term church members who've developed to the preteen stage. There are still far too many people who read the Bible, but they're not Bible students. They don't know how to put the ingredients together to prepare the food. That's an important stage. Because from there, they enter that teenage stage, just before adulthood, where they become so excited by the scones that they're making or the lasagna they just put together and how good it tasted to them that they want to begin sharing it with their friends and their families. They are starting to become teachers They're studying the word, noting ideas, making connections, and they're talking about it to their family in the car, and they're starting to have spiritual conversations in the church building because they've learned things on their own, and they want to run it by you. People may wonder, why don't we have more spiritual conversations in the church building? Why is it always about jobs and sports and kids? Well, some of it is. It's just a good time to chat, but a lot of it is There are so many people in the church who consider themselves mature who are not studying the Word. They're not excited about things that they've seen in Genesis with Jesus or wherever else you might be. Have you experienced 
level four? Is it the way you're living your life? And would other people around you say, yeah, I tend to get a pretty good diet of meals from the study that this person is putting in? I'm not talking about pulpit preaching or even Bible class teaching, not necessarily. I'm just talking about speaking the truth in love because the truth is changing you. That brings us to level five, fully formed and functioning mature Christians, people like Jesus and the apostles and first century elders and first century preachers and first century older men and women. Do you know what they all had in common? They were all teachers who taught the word and who made teachers of the people around them. Are you buying that? I've got a sermon I preached at Lindale a couple of weeks ago on spiritual growth where you can dig in on all of the Bible study, but elders were apt to teach and commended to the word and help the weak in Bible study. Every member sought to speak the truth in love as teachers. Jesus was the master teacher and teacher maker. The apostles were teachers who made teachers. In other words, adults in the natural realm present food to those who need it and teach them how to become self-sufficient as well. Level five is hard, and it's far too rare in the church. As Jack points out in his book, and I agree, we've not told people that they need to become teachers who make teachers in order to truly be mature. We just want them to come to church on Wednesday night. We've got to re-envision what growth looks like. And again, this can mean sermons, and it can mean teaching ladies' classes, but it can also mean conversations after church. It could mean going to church for the purpose of being a producer, an influencer, a teacher. Imagine how that would change attendance problems. If I went so that I could help people, level five can change the world, and it can transform stagnant local churches. So there you have it. Can you find yourself on this scale? Don't be ashamed of where you are. Be honest about it. Are you an infant who needs to be fed or a toddler who's beginning to feed themselves or someone who's beginning to learn to study and put concepts together or someone who has been doing that and now you're beginning to share it with people or have you made it your mission to share it and help others learn to do the same? And look, more important than where you are, can you see what the next level looks like? And can you lay out some daily practices, some weekly or monthly commitments that can get you moving in that direction? Envision yourself growing towards being a teacher, sharing the truth in love, and you will know real spiritual growth. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.